Hey everybody, this is Ryan Wolt. Welcome to the Cheers North County podcast where I have a drink with someone interesting. Today I'll be talking with former local Kiara Murphy. She's a sustainability and B Corp consultant and we're going to chat about how a bartending job in an Australian brew pub led to a career, what B Corps are, and why they are the future of business. Plus, our first conversation was so interesting we reconnected for a second one about how B Corps help educate and create a mission-driven consumer. But first, some sponsor information. The Coast News has been a leading voice in North County for 33 years. They passionately cover the stories of our communities, of local economies, sports, culture, and politics. On thecoastnews.com, you will find up-to-date data on the impacts of COVID-19 and features on the Black Lives Matter movement. If you'd like to support the reporting efforts of the Coast News, go to their website, and if you are able, click the Donate button on the upper left. And now, it's time for the show. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Welcome to uh, the show or this phone call. I never really know what to say at the beginning. <laughs> I love it. I'm I'm down to catch up for a beer and race. Yeah. Well, do you have a beer over there? I do. I do. What are you drinking? Um, I found that I've been drinking a lot more nowadays in, in quarantine than I normally would. Um, so I've gravitated for beers that are a little lower in alcohol, so I'm drinking New Belgium's Purist at the moment. It's their new um, organic pure lager, and it's, yeah, the perfect uh, weekday afternoon beer. And they are coincidentally a B Corp, or they were? I don't know what their status is now that they have sold, but... Yeah, so they they are a B Corp. They were one of the first um, in the U.S. going through a recertification due to the change in control. Um, with full intention to recertify, which is which is amazing success story. I'm uh, drinking a June Shine Hard Kombucha Hopical Citrus, awesome. and the reason being is because they should be a B Corp. Everything they, they talk about should be a B Corp. is B Corp related, and but they're not. Which will get me to I have like a whole list of questions, but I'm going to start with something easy. You are officially, I believe, a B Corp consultant, and a B Corp stands for Benefit Corp. Yes. What does that mean? What is it? Why do people need to know about it? How yeah. did you end uh, up in that spot? Yeah, 100%. So B, B Corps um, or certified B Corporations are a new type of mis- business that balances purpose and profit. So some really well-known B Corps um, that kind of get shouted from the rooftops a lot are Patagonia, Ben & Jerry's. Um, Allbirds was the first B Corp unicorn, and they make amazing shoes. And there are also 30 or so, almost 30 certified B Corps that are breweries, which is amazing. And essentially, a company goes through taking what's called the B Impact Assessment, which is administered by the not-for-profit B Lab that measures their impact across all different stakeholder groups. So instead of a company purely measuring success on how much profit they make within a year, they can also measure the impact that they have on their workers, on their community, on their suppliers, on their customers, um, and, and on the environment. And so the impact assessment just provides an amazing framework for running a responsible business. 
And it's a point system. So companies score somewhere from zero points to 200. I don't think anyone's gotten a perfect score, but you need 80 points to become a certified B Corp and go through the verification process until you can have the official B Corp seal on your product or on your website if you're service-based. And essentially, that's kind of saying that we want we want this business to make money, but we also want it to not harm people, the world. I mean, what is like, what's the motivation to be like, oh, I want to do this sort of, I mean, it's essentially, it sounds like a complicated tax status, but I think it may be kind of like a simpler motivational thing than, than I'm thinking. Yeah. It's, it's essentially that you believe that your business serves to do good, not just to make profit. And I think that's a really important message. It's making sure that if you consider yourself a values, purpose-driven, mission-driven business, that there's a certification out there that can hold you to that. And that's important for consumers to know so that they know who's actually walking the walk. But I think for a lot of business leaders who are part of the B Corp movement, it's really about like their legacy. I think now more than ever, people are holding, you know, each other and businesses alike accountable for the impact that that they're having and how they're contributing to a better world and benefit to the planet and to all people. And so this just gives you a really straightforward framework to, to be able to hold yourself accountable to those values. It's a relatively new thing and still growing in the U.S., right? Yeah, so, well, it's, it's kind of growing all over. So there's just over 3,300 B Corps around the world. And that's amongst about 160 different industries, which is really amazing. Um, and But it's pretty prominent here in North America. Um, it's where it started and where you have the, the B Corps like New Belgium Brewing Company or Patagonia that have been leading the way from the beginning. But you were in Australia before. So you recently came back from Australia mm-hmm. where you were living and you were doing environmental sustainability for a brewery there, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Australia from California back in 2015. And before then, throughout my academic career, had mostly been abroad um, and working a bit in the not-for-profit space as well. And I initially moved to Australia to pursue my PhD um, in international sustainable development, but decided to take a bit of a break and enjoy my first few months living in Australia at the beach. Uh, and I needed to get a job. And I had never worked a day of hospitality in my life. So being from San Diego, my go-to was I'm just going to try and get a job at the local brewery because uh, I love craft beer. And so I was like, that's my into hospitality. Um, and luckily, I got the job behind the bar. Absolutely love it. But within six months, I was convinced to put my PhD on hold and join the management team at the brewery full-time to run sustainability and get the brewing company B Corp certified. How would you even start to do that? I mean, I've run restaurants and I know how difficult it can be to, to start to tilt that ship, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind definitely. of like a, it's a huge operation that people don't think about little things. Like I did a, uh, just like a little mini study one day, the, one of the restaurants I was working with, they use little plastic condiment cups for like barbecue mm-hmm. sauce and ketchup. And I did the math based on the previous month's uh, meals that had gone out and what we had on our, our sales. And I estimated that we were using about 72,000 of those cups a year. That's what the restaurant was yeah. doing. 
And so we eliminated those. And not only did we save those 72,000, which would have stretched out about two miles, I think is what I had end to end. But we ended up saving like $3,000 in materials over the course of the year yeah. by replacing it with steel. But for you, like how you, that wasn't what you had gone to school for. How did you start approaching it? Yeah. So it's interesting. I went to school. My master's is in public policy. So I had that policy background. And when you go through the B impact assessment, it's, it's validating the work that you're committed to doing. So it requires you to, if you have a equity, diversity, and inclusion policy, B-Lab and the standards analyst, when your impact assessment is being reviewed, is going to ask for it. Or they need to see what um, the makeup of your staff is in terms of your commitment to diversity. So it really is requiring you to not only do the work, but show the work. So my background in policy really helped me in, in being able to write the policy and know how to do that, but not only how to write the policy and all the supporting documents that we needed to become certified, but how to really implement them and create culture shifts across the entire brewery. The brewery, Four Pines Brewing Company that I worked at in Australia had a quite large hospitality side of the business with multiple different sites and venues. And, and so we had a really diverse staff. And so it was really important for me that although I was managing sustainability, that I was bringing everybody on that journey with me and making sure that everyone really felt a shared responsibility in getting us over the line and getting us certified. But it takes a lot of time, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, you know, now that I am taking on this new chapter of my career and able to apply my expertise to consulting and coaching businesses through this exact journey, I, I have my tips and tricks on um, how to make that expertise much more accessible so that businesses, no matter what their size, get, can get these resources without spending a whole lot of money, which unfortunately, there is quite a large bottleneck in sustainability because it's it's an expertise and it, <laughs> it takes a long time to gather all that information, you know, to know how to make the change, to actually make the change and then make sure that you can maintain it. It's, it's a whole lot of work and the whole world of sustainability can unfortunately be a little bit overwhelming or seen as like a nice to have versus a need to have for a lot of businesses. Do you think that it's been getting easier in part because of demand? I think it's, it sounds like you've been doing it for four or five years now. I would imagine the consumer is getting more and more educated every year. I think that's one thing I noticed when I moved to California is even though I had worked in beer for like 20 years, I was getting questions from my customers here every day that I couldn't answer because they were smarter than me as customers in that in this particular region. And so I'm wondering if that kind of demand is pushing this type of certification along. A hundred percent. You know, I don't think the numbers lie when it comes to the, the consumer habits or expectations that millennials and Gen Z have when it comes to the businesses and the causes that they support. And, and so I think especially for companies that are very consumer facing, like a brewing company or a local butcher or a bakery, you have to be communicating your initiatives constantly to maintain that customer loyalty and trust. And, and people are more educated than ever because of social media and, you know, this rise of, of 
you know, really community driven, you know, frankly, beautiful activism going on. People know what to ask for and they know what to look for. And, and they are starting to see the impact of their decisions as a consumer on the, the world around them. You know, they're proud to wear a Patagonia jacket or, you know, proud to drink an organic beer, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, everyone. We'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Kiera. But first, now back to the show. Yeah, I think I saw a term uh, on your website called new economy, and that was kind of what I was thinking of, I guess, at that time. Mm -hmm. And there seems to be an interesting dynamic between what you call this new economy and an old economy that I don't mean to imply that it's just because of age, but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people who've been doing things one way for a long time. And that transition is going to happen faster with like a new burgeoning consumer that is just getting out there and excited to start creating their own identity than say, you know, maybe my dad. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely true. And I, you know, I think it's, uh, hopefully, you know, I'm a, uh, optimistic realist, I guess you can say. And so as, as challenging as, COVID-19 has been for especially craft businesses, you know, it's, I think the silver lining is going to be that it's required a lot of businesses to think, how could have we been better prepared? How do we want to build back? Like, we're not going back to normal. So, you know, I'm saying like, how are we going to build that back better? And how are we going to do better here? And, and how are you just going to be able to maintain a more resilient company and business so that you continue to provide value for your customers and just keep your business afloat. And, you know, the statistic being thrown out there is that B Corps in the last economic recession were 63% more likely to survive than any other business. And then when this really started to hit in March, the businesses that were quick to react in a way that was in benefit and of value to all those different stakeholder groups um, who knew how to respond ethically um, and with empathy to their employees and to their communities, a lot of them were certified B Corps, especially within the beer community. So I think that says a lot there. And what's amazing is there's so much resource within the B Corp community and through those that have been leading the way, the best practices are there the B impact assessment is completely free for anybody to use, for any business to use to measure their impact. And, and that's how the journey really has to start. I saw this kind of, I don't know if it's a motto or not, but you on your website, it says, take responsibility, build resilience, be a force for good. Where did you come up with that? And why is, why is this something that's important to you going forward? I mean, you've, you had a career in Australia and you've moved back kind of at the beginning of what is probably one of the more turbulent times. Why do that? Like, why is this important? Like, what is it that is kind of motivating you to keep going forward? Yeah, I think, you know, especially coming back, I'm living in Oakland at the moment and coming back, seeing parts, pockets of Oakland, most of Oakland, filled with all these, you know, local independent businesses. I was really excited to step into that consulting capacity and and share and to build this movement to support 
business leaders like them. And because that's the world that, that I want to live in. I, I want to continue to drink craft beer regardless of the crises ahead, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I care about what I put in my body, the clothes that I wear and everything like that. And so if I really, really want to commit to building that new economy through my work, for me, it starts with looking directly at this, but like the craft economy and, and supporting them with resources and services that are really, really accessible that can help them through crises like COVID um, or prepare for the impacts that climate change is going to have on local economies. And yeah, I, I think it's just, it's the world that I want to live in. I want people to be passionate about their work. I think it's going to be interesting when you look at you know, the way that craft has emerged in the past century, I think right now that's where my optimism comes from. I think, you know, what does the future of work look like? I think we're going to see more and more craft businesses thrive out of this, even though if you have to kind of look, um, (laughs) you know, through the clouds at the moment to see that future. Sure. It was really interesting. I thought I've seen it both ways, but in like some communities, depending on what state you're in, like local hardware stores and local markets got a real boost during the pandemic because people were trying not to travel or not go far from home. But then in other places, uh, depending on the state, those places, the small local place was closed and the Walmart stayed open or the Home Depot was essential. I think one thing I'm taking away from the pandemic is how important our votes are for the people that are setting these rules, right? If you don't live in a place where they, the government is supporting your local businesses or your craft businesses or the opportunity to even start one, it can be much more difficult for them to survive. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, being a new business owner myself, the, uh, the weeds that you have to get through to, to be able to start your business and then start earning income, it's really challenging. And so there has to be, you know, better support mechanisms to make sure that our local economies can thrive. And you're exactly right. A a lot of it comes down to, you know, thinking about who's in power. And I think right now we're seeing everything that's kind of at our doorstep and what we're being confronted with here in the U.S. It's all coming down to like, local, local communities, um, and the impact that your, you know, local elections have on, on the communities that you love, I think is hopefully coming into, um, clear focus right now, but we'll have to wait and see. I, you know, like in that, that statement on my website, you know, I think that we all have the opportunity to take greater responsibility, you know, as individuals and as business owners. To, to build that resilience and to gear up for what the, you know, the next few decades are going to look like. And that I believe in the good in all people and in all businesses too. And so I think everyone has the opportunity to be a force for good. And in saying that, one of the things that I often say is to not let the perfect get in the way of the good, that we shouldn't focus on this type of perfectionism that hinders us from doing like the hard work that needs to be done. And that's why a lot of my services and the work that I do is focused on um, accessibility and being welcoming and making sure that people have the tools to make small actions that can create ripple effects. 
How do how do people find you right now? I mean, are you working mostly with people starting businesses, businesses that are looking to transition? If somebody was like listening to this and going, "Man, I, I think we should be a B Corp." How do I how do I find out if I'm the right client for Kira Murphy? How does how do they go about that? Yeah. So my website's the best place to go to now. So kmurphyconsulting.com, and there there's tons of resources today. I mean, direction to get in contact with me and I do monthly coaching at a really accessible price so that people just get that support to really start their journey so that you're not say taking the B Corp impact assessment alone and you have somebody that's been there done that and can make sure that from the start you have the support and you have someone you know cheering you on and celebrating your success as you take on these things that yeah not not they're not easy but they're achievable. I just caught the first hint of an Australian accent there at the end. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was, I was nervous about today because the last podcast that I did, I think it was the first time that I had heard um, the slang in my accent. Um, and up until then, I didn't believe anybody when they said <laughs> that I had a little bit of an Australian accent. So uh, I was hoping that six months back in the U.S. would be I didn't benefit, catch it. It took like a half hour. Uh, I'm from Wisconsin, and so I know that it's something happens the second I cross the border into Wisconsin. I start like using milk and uh, using different little, I don't know, something changes my language, and I don't even think about it, but it's noticeable uh, to people around me. Yes. I've I've been told that it's a sign of someone who has a lot of empathy. So I see it as a good thing. That is a good thing. Uh, before I let you go, what is uh, what is the thing that you miss about Australia and what's the thing that you're happiest to have back in your life now that you're here? Let's see. The, I'd say the one thing that I'm missing from Australia, um, I, I did back-to-back winters because of the, the, the change in hemispheres, so I, I miss the beach. In Australia, I live next to a marine protected reserve, and so that was beautiful to have access to that nature. But the thing that I'm most excited about in terms of being back here you know especially in california is the the community here in oakland is absolutely beautiful the way that people show up and support one another um and you know just there's so many amazing local businesses here and so i i love being part of that and and especially if i'm in a position where i i want to do what i can to support them then going to have it any better and um, also excited to, you know, get back and explore um, what California has to offer to need to hit up all my uh, state national parks once they reopen. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, (laughs) I know you're based in Oakland, but you are consulting all over the place, yes? Yes. Anywhere someone wants to open a business or turn it into a B Corp? A hundred percent. Yeah, there's a lot of us, you know, helping and supporting the movement but yeah you know anyone with, that wants to start this journey I'm, I'm here to share my experience and support them and yeah just pointing in my direction and um, I'm, I'm really excited I think that everything that's going on right now is really propelling us in the right direction well I'm, I'm glad to hear it uh, it was really nice to take a minute uh, cheers yeah cheers <laughs> thank you you have a great day yeah you too One more time, everybody. We'll be right back with Kiera and I's follow-up conversation about how B Corps benefit consumers. But first, 
One more ad. Alright, I just grabbed a can of Altogether Pale Ale from Second Chance Beer. Shout out to those guys. They've always made top-notch beers and been very supportive of the community at large. And we're back to the show. Hello. How's it going? It's good. It's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Well, thank you for joining me again. After we got off the phone, I realized that we hadn't really talked about B Corps being good for consumers. And yeah. I needed and why they're good for consumers. And yeah. I needed an excuse to have another beer. And so I thought we could talk <laughs> about great. that. My beer, I have a second chance altogether, which is like this kind of really appropriate, I feel like, for right now. And it's this beer that they made to kind of bring this attitude that we're all together. We're in this all together at the beginning of COVID. And it only seems to get more and more appropriate every day. Yeah, perfect. So. Perfect. I love that, you know, the the model of the Resilience IPA after the wildfires up here in Northern California, led by Sierra Nevada, that that's just kind of had a ripple effect in terms of how the, the brewing community could respond um, to these, you know, events. So this, this one was from just earlier this year, and I know over 800 breweries joined. And now I've seen two or three different groups getting together to create beers for the Black Lives Matter movement. And so we'll see which one of those take off. And that's something that, especially when times are hard, I think I see a lot is breweries help each other. It's it's a very collaborative industry in general. And, And that's just something I think that other industries could look at and say, oh, maybe we don't have to be as against each other. You know, we're, we're in the same yeah. industry. We can, a uh, rising tide raises all boats. A hundred percent. And I, I say that all the time when it comes to, you know, positive impact and sustainability that I think for a while in the business world, the narrative has been used that, you know, say being a B Corp is a competitive advantage in terms of being able to catch the attention of, of a conscious consumer and consumer and that wave of conscious consumerism. But I'm like, wouldn't it be great if it was just the status quo? Yeah. And we didn't, that wasn't, that wasn't an area of business where that, that was competitive. It's just what everyone, everyone did. And we, you know, started from that standard. So, and I, I think the craft beer community definitely does um, help, bring that sense of like community to the forefront where everyone's definitely willing to help each other out. So back to the B Corps idea, I guess as a customer, why do I care? How, what is, what is the advantage of to shopping with B Corps or giving them my business? Whether, because one thing I, I as I was looking at their B Corps website directory after we talked, I didn't realize how many different industries were represented. I think mm-hmm. in my head, I just thought of it as retail, beer, clothing, that kind of thing. But there's financial services, all these other things. So if I'm a customer and I'm out shopping and there's a B Corp and there's a non-B Corp, what what is the reason that I would lean towards one and not the other? I think the the most important thing about to understand about B Corp as a consumer is that when you're choosing to buy a B Corp product or a service, you're, you're choosing so much more far beyond considering like the quality um, of the actual product or even beyond say a product being organic or fair trade. So with like the USDA organic certification or fair trade certification, 
those cover very particular elements of, say, environmental and social impact of the actual product, like the bag of coffee. Or like 1% for the planet covers the company's philanthropic model and the fact that they're giving to environmental causes, whereas B Corp certification is covering the entire company and how they consider impact across all those different impact areas. So environment workers, community, customers, and their overall governance structure to really redefine what success looks like for business, where it's that balance of purpose and profit. So when you're choosing, you know, the B Corp yogurt on the shelf, that means that you're choosing a company that's met the highest standards in environmental and social responsibility, and you know that you can trust that label. So it's kind of about making ethical shopping choices, which I think can be overwhelming. I would like to think that I try to do that and I make that a part of my life, but even then, when I'm paying attention, it's difficult to do. And it kind of creates a conundrum sometimes where, so like Ben and Jerry's is a B Corp, but Ben and Jerry's is owned by Unilever, which owns a lot of other companies that are not B Corps and may not have those same things. And so making those kind of gray area decisions can get to that point where you're just like, I don't even care, just whatever's on the shelf. And so I'm wondering if there is a educational component that comes with these, with companies trying to be B Corps on educating customers on like, hey, this is what we're doing out there. Is that like a major part of that? Or because like I didn't know Allbirds was a B Corp and I'm wearing Allbirds shoes right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. I think the community in general, you know, certified B Corps is challenged by communicating impact. And it has a lot to do with like what the initial intentions of the company was in in becoming a B Corp. Sometimes people are don't want to like boast and like shout things from the rooftop because there's been in the past really negative connotations around around greenwashing. But Companies that do get as far as to become a certified B Corp should be proud. And I think more and more, as consumers are demanding more from businesses, those companies are saying, you know, we we need to be talking about these best practices. Um, But it entails a lot of education. You know, if you make a change to, say, your your can um, product, say, like a can of beer, so that it doesn't have plastic wrap around and that the, the labeling is actually printed on the can itself to make it 100% recyclable, like that's getting a bit into the weeds about how you recycle a can, which can be confusing where people are like, what do you mean I can't recycle any can? Um, so it, it entails like a lot of communications between the person taking the initiative on the sustainability project and improvement and the people who are working on communicating the impact. But I think for a consumer, you know, especially right now when everyone is, um, for the most part, at home, spending a lot of time in the places that they live, you know, I work on the counter of my kitchen. I can take the time to really think about how I'm shopping a little bit more than I think I was previously before. Um, we were in shelter in place here in California. And I have a little bit of extra time to think, okay, if I'm going to be buying cleaning products, I'm going to make sure that all of my cleaning products come from a certified B Corp. 
So, or I'm just going to choose that. Look, I'm, I did my research into method, which is a certified B Corp. Um, and I'm just going to choose from here on out that all of my products are going to be method. And in terms of what you mentioned earlier, with there being that gray area, you know, big multinational companies are starting to play the game. Um, so, you know, the, the brewing company that I worked with in Australia, we were acquired by AB and Dev in, in 2017. And that really changed my perspective about really the, the, like the true power of the corp certification. And in here in California, you know, being legally bound to be of benefit to, to the community and the environment. And that we went through our initial acquisition and because we were a B Corp, we had to do a recertification and because of our change in control. And the very first time that I sat down with the representatives for the acquisition to make sure that we got across the line, they had completed the B impact assessment for our regional brewery that, that acquired our, our brewing company. And over the next few years of going through that acquisition and that time of rapid growth, we were able to take our best practices of B Corp and make sure that we were passing that knowledge and best practices to, to all the other breweries that had been acquired by AB Invest. And to me, I had to really sit with myself and say, if, if I'm committed to creating a better world for all and to really driving this B Corp movement, I have this opportunity to, to scale my best practices across a larger group. So you have the likes of Unibev, Unilever, Danone, who are getting involved in the B Corp movement. And I, you know, argue that, that that's a good thing. You know, a lot of critiques that conscious consumerism has gotten in the past is that a lot of these products are more expensive. But when Danone North America became a B Corp, your everyday milk and yogurt was meeting the criteria of, you know, the highest standards in environmental and social responsibility. And I think ultimately that's really powerful. Uh, kind of a changing the system from the inside sort of uh, yeah. attitude. That's something that I was just discussing with someone this morning, in particular related to the Black Lives Matter movement, where you're seeing a lot of aggressive statements and change from large corporations and there is an argument that some of them are only doing it for the social presence or the note, the newsworthiness of it. And our conversation kind of revolved around whether or not their intent mattered if the end result was actual change. And that's something that I think, I mean, that's a, a long rabbit hole of, of uh, ethical <laughs> conversation. But when you see a company like Nike say that they stand for Black Lives Matter and they post a black thing... But then they actually make a policy where they give a paid day off for Juneteenth. That's actual change in a major corporation for thousands and thousands of people. And yeah. and their impact is worldwide. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting like benefit you know, to this social pressure. And yeah. I wonder about B Corps using that social pressure or if it kind of is antithetical to what they're standing for in this benefit concept. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think you're completely right. I think when consumers are asking businesses to deliver more, I think it's important that we kind of carry that essence of like all are welcome in this. And once someone takes the bite of creating these changes, it's going to have a ripple effect. 
um, they're going to see the impact and they're more, they're going to be more likely to make further changes down the road. And I think it's a bit of both when it comes to how the B Corp movement has grown. You know, there's a lot of B Corps that have been part of the movement from the beginning where it was about protecting their mission and legacy. You know, a founder who says, this is, this is where my values lie and this is the type of business that I want to run. And the B Impact Assessment provides me a framework and provides the accountability that I need to make sure that my business is going to be run like this for the years to come. So I think, you know, that's powerful in itself where like the intention is really, really genuine. Uh, but at the same time, as consumers are demanding more from all businesses, businesses are being drawn to the B Corp movement because it's providing that same framework and they are like saying we need, we need to stay ahead of the curve and we need to do something about this. And the more that we continue to move forward, people are going to look to certifications as that symbol of trust. Um, because I think more and more and more people are starting to understand like the impact of their dollar. You know, some economists say that, you know, being able to vote with your dollar is one of the purest democracies out there where, you know, the little changes that you can make, consumer demand is super important in terms of driving big global market changes. So I think I think that's exciting. And I, I say, like, I'm on the team of, like, everybody join the movement. It's definitely interesting. You said, mentioned something about having a little more time since you're working from home. I have more time, too, but that means I go too far. And yeah. all of a sudden, I'm, like, so far down the rabbit hole, I can't remember where I started and I still haven't bought any flour, so I don't know what to do. But I, I do appreciate, I think what, as a, someone who is a shopper, what I can appreciate is building loyalty with a company, which isn't something people of my generation grew up with as much as our parents did. But I think right. maybe the next generation, uh, I don't even know which generation that would be at this point, they're growing up with kind of a, a much higher awareness of where their money's going. And so if they're able to make like these loyalty connections early on and know that companies are kind of continually being not recertified or rejudged or, you know, meeting certain standards or losing their status. It's an easy way to say, Oh, well, like I trust this company. I'm going to buy my stuff from them forever. I I've been wearing like the same pair of Converse shoes since like the nineties. And I switched to these Allbirds because my brother liked them and he sent me a pair and I didn't know they were B Corp, but I had this conversation with myself negotiating. Well, I'm a converse. I'm a Chuck Taylor's guy. Like, how do I change that and not change who I am? And what I realized was, is like, oh, well, if I make that change now, I can stick with this for the long haul and know that I'm, I'm not worried about where, you know, these shoes are coming from or who's making them yeah. or, you know, the, the ethical concerns. I think when I first started like researching chocolate, that was like the most devastating thing in my life mm. because I love chocolate and there's a lot of bad yeah. stuff that happens in the chocolate world. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that I say is don't let the perfect get in the way of the good. And this comes to when I'm speaking to businesses on their sustainability journey, but also to individuals where it's, it's okay to, to not you can't have like a completely positive impact like supply chain for your home. There's always going to be those little trade-offs. And, you know, just like any company for a certified B Corp, it's important to have a, a quality product because if a product isn't of quality, I'm not going to go back as a consumer and buy it again just because it's aligned with my values. 
But I think as the consumer becomes more educated, as we all become more educated about the impact of our, you know, of our purchasing power, then we start to figure out, you know, who, who are those brands that you want to have those close ties to now and forever, right? Like I, and you look at the big brands, like say a Patagonia or Allbirds, especially here in the San Francisco Bay Area, everyone's wearing Allbirds. And those brands that you really can um, have a connection to and trust and um, you have that sense of loyalty to, they're a part of your identity. I think we're seeing that play out more and more and more where people are more conscious about the brands that, that they affiliate themselves to in it, but also the brands that all the people around them affiliate themselves with. Since you work with B Corps, and this is something you're clearly passionate about, do you feel guilt when you're shopping and it's not with a B Corp? That's a good question. I mean, I And I'm not saying you should. I'm just curious about you personally. If that's something you're going like, well, I don't know, this Kit Kat is not be certified. I probably shouldn't eat it or whatever it is. You know, I just, it's something that I think people, you know, it's kind of like take that one step forward, you know, and don't worry about the details. But I think that's something that when people start doing this sort of research, they get caught up in and they feel like one failure is a failure across the board as opposed to just moving forward. Yeah. I'm, I feel like that that feeling of needing to be a perfectionist when it comes to anything around sustainability hinders people from actually being part of the movement and doing the work. And so, you know, one of my favorite questions to ask when I'm in sustainability circles is what's your guilty pleasure? Most people will say like getting on a plane and traveling because I can do everything that I'm doing in my life. I can ride my bike to work when I am commuting to an office I can be vegan, I can be choosing to shop with B Corp, and I can, you know, visit my family in Australia once a year and all that goes out the window if I'm actually looking at my carbon footprint. So if I played that game where I was calculating every single thing that I did, I'd I'd absolutely go crazy. It's not, I don't think it's a productive rabbit hole to go through. But as someone who's engaged with the companies that I buy from, you know, one of my favorite um, CBD elixir companies the other day communicated that they had changed their cans to get rid of the plastic labeling. You know, and I commented and engaged with them on social media by saying, like, thank you so much for communicating your impact. This is really important to share your best practice and, and to lead the way. And I know that the impact of that is really good where I'm building that connection and um, encouraging them to go on that journey of like continuous improvement. So I think as, as long as you're trying, then you're doing the good work. Well, I think that's a, a good way to end this. And I just really appreciate you coming back and talking to me again. Of course. No, thank you so much for having me. Thanks to Kira Murphy for coming on the show, not once, but twice, and for sharing her passion for all things B Corps with us. If you want to learn more about what she does, go to kmurphyconsulting.com, and then check out bcorporation.net to find out more about B Corps and see a directory of all the companies who've already made the leap. Okay, one more show recorded, produced, and edited by me, Ryan Wolt. Thanks for listening. Well, I've started to figure out how to do this. I'm still working on making it a little better show by show. This show is available on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, finally iTunes and Apple Podcasts, and Overcast. 
Please support the show by giving it a follow wherever you listen. Share it and tag Cheers North County on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And be sure to pick up a copy of the Coast newspaper or go to thecoastnews.com to read the latest Cheers North County column. Be well, stay healthy and sane, and keep living the dream. Cheers, everyone.